We're just going to let it roll, baby. Just let it roll. this is <laughs> it's been so long since we've recorded a podcast that i have no idea what episode we're on because it's been so mm-hmm. long it's been that let me, long let me go search in my archives <laughs> let's see your what's your you guess your how long do you um, think it's been since we have recorded a podcast i'd say well we we recorded quite a few in covid so it was um, in COVID, gosh, in lockdown, in the time where we shut down our gym and didn't know it was going to open again, all the craziness, oh my gosh. um, the nine weeks that we were, uh, closed down. Yeah. Um, oh boy. I would say, let me, let okay, me take okay. a guess. Um, I would say August, 2020. September 2020, oh. pretty close, okay. uh, which was, that was episode 15. Okay. So that was episode 15. So this is, welcome to episode 16. <laughs> 16. Of Dear Life, I'm in. Yes. I am Chantel Dayton. Uh, and I am Lou Crenshaw. And thank you for listening uh, to... To us and what we have to say and just joining us on the journey that, uh, yeah, the journey of life, of discovery, of, uh, of growth, of experience. Yeah. And if you don't really know much about us and you're like, this is the first time I've listened to your podcast, thank you for being here. You mm-hmm. can subscribe and share and all the stuff. That would be awesome. Uh, but we are two best friends who are changing the world one real conversation and workout at a time. Mm-hmm. So we have a gym in Southern Oregon called Drop Gym. The best gym. The best gym. <laughs> it's like bougie little, pretty little gym. I know. Um, it's, it's actually so an all-women's gym, which was never, ever the plan. It just sort of the direction that we went and the things that we were doing and the depth that we were diving into, it just sort of became an all-women's gym. Mm-hmm. And so we... We've created this beautiful space of classes and experiences, whether they're four weeks long or one week long or one day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got just a whole bunch of we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just moving into a space of really helping women connect with their bodies. Um, the last year, we've been helping women uh, connect with their menstrual cycle, get their menstrual cycle back, regulate mm-hmm. it. And Which so, has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. We've been programming. Basically, we get to tell women now, hey, we'll program for you where you are on your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then they can start you can working. watch them use their 10th cranial nerve and their mind get blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is our conversation today. We're going to be talking about the 10th cranial nerve. Yes, yes. The vagus nerve. Um, and... Yeah, and so I, our our heart has always been to, uh, to just understand the why, you know, the why behind things, um, and and a lot of it is the why behind our behavior, uh, and and then we can meet ourselves with compassion, yeah. right? And um, and then when that happens, a lot of that is like compassion and understanding, so we can meet ourselves where we're at, 
um, not in a way that keeps us where we're at, but will help cultivate growth. And a big part of that is just understanding how the body works, how it's designed, um, but then also giving it credit um, and then also giving it space uh, to where then we can work with it and not against it. When we realize that we don't actually get to decide how our body is designed. Um, what? Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't get to say like, well, that's not true, and this doesn't fit, and da 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 da. Uh, my and, eyes are blue. Thank you very much, because uh, I want them to be. No, girl, they're hazel. <laughs> they, true. they hazel. And I think when we better under, like, when we better engage with the why, we learn about the why, which is, I would say, something that we love to help women with is mm-hmm. understanding the why, because then you can better engage with the what. Mm-hmm. And you can better connect with the what. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just movement. It's not just this. It's not just that. It's it's understanding the why that it matters. Mm-hmm. Because then we can then take responsibility in a way that is that is hopeful, right? In knowing that we can make a different choice, knowing that we can do something different rather than just sitting back and wondering if things will ever change. Or also for some people feeling super hopeless with their health and their mm-hmm. bodies and thinking that there's really no way out. Yeah. Um, and, and feeling helpless and not knowing where to turn or where to go and realizing that, okay, all the medication in the world right now has not helped this. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, to give people hope, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we get to do that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And and in a way that uh, joins them, you know, just, just with their situation, with their circumstance. But then also it, it gives them tools and helps them become healthier at the same time rather than walking around medicated kind of in this fog of disconnect, uh, which we just can't continue to do that. Yeah. Um, There's a time and a place for medication. That's not what no we're doubt. saying. No doubt. No doubt. But it's not the it's not the end all. No, it's yes. not. I'm um, move this chair out. Yes, it's a little. I keep a little claustrophobic. It. No, oh. I just keep bumping <laughs> it, and it's making noise. So, um, those of you that know Lou uh, know that she is a woman of action. She just takes action no matter where she's at, what she's doing, and so she has been. Uh, we actually are roommates. We're best friends, business partners, roommates. And yes, we are still best friends, um, which is... <laughs> and still business partners. still business and partners. And still roommates. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, not without uh, the wrestle, though, for oh, sure. Oh, boy. Um, so I get to uh, not only be the benefactor of uh, a lot of things of just her person, wonderful mm-hmm. things about her person, but I also get to benefit from her exploration with juicing and her, her uh, newest uh, just craze about the about the the bone broth um, because it's not she, a craze. I'm just creating a habit in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. passion. Yeah. So she's she's passionate about uh, about making bone broth um, and just different ways to uh, to utilize the things in the kitchen, um, but then also with. Uh, making juice right now. We have, you want to tell us what we have in our hands right now? Yes, it's a little baby shot. And it has some lemon juice, some ginger, and by some, I mean half ginger, half lemon, with a splash of cayenne. So let's just say this sucker is hot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is uh, on the World Wide Web known as a flu shot. So boosts immunity and boy, I tell you, it's is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were like, oh, I forgot to take my flu shot this morning. So we're just over here sipping on them and uh, give it a shot. I, I have no idea. People are always like, well, how much ginger and how much lemon? And I basically just do half and half. So if I have three lemons, I will juice my lemons and then juice as much ginger juice as I have lemons and then put in as much cayenne pepper as you want. Mm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Which uh, some of the girls at the gym the other day made some. And one of the girls said they might have put a little bit, a little too much cayenne. And she said, it was like drinking the sun. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So, yes, I am extremely passionate about uh, the things that we can do to improve our immunity and uh, our guts. It's not necessarily about that it's so fun to make, but it's uh, it's just those little things that we can do to steward our bodies um, and our immune systems, uh, and to stay healthy in times of the fear of being unhealthy and knowing that we actually have, uh, we have a really incredible body that if we steward well, can do a really good job of taking care of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are not powerless individuals, uh, to just sickness. Mm -hmm. Sickness doesn't just like come and grab you. It, your terrain inside of your body is what it gets to play on. So you get mm-hmm. to decide whether or not you have a, a strong and stable terrain or if you have a very unhealthy, uh, sleep-deprived, over-medicated, overfed, uh, tired, sluggish uh, sort of terrain mm-hmm. filled and I, with fast food and cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, cheers to, cheers. cheers to that. Cheers to our little uh, shots. Mm-hmm. Oh. Woo! And dang! Oh, get <laughs> you. Now, I think it's um, it's pretty easy to... Oh, now my mouth is like watering. Mm-hmm. I still have a bunch of ginger at the bottom of my cup. <laughs> um, so it's pretty easy to blindly follow... Uh, a lot of different things like fad diets and um, things to improve our health. And I think one of the things that um, that really is the difference between you and I, uh, not necessarily between you and I, the difference of you and I from the current culture that we're in is really educating people about their body um, and things where they can take action, right? They can... Uh, and it's not just eating better and working out. It is the understanding that they can be attached to where then that kind of gives them a little bit of traction to help get started rather than, you know, like right now we're doing something called Fortified February, right? Uh, with no sugar, uh, no alcohol and no caffeine. And so we, uh, we invite ladies on a journey that can always like help them look a little bit closer at themselves, right? In their relationship with themselves, with food, with their surroundings, um, and mind you, you guys, in this time of of saying saying goodbye to sugar, caffeine, and alcohol for the month, uh, Chantel challenged me and others to a cold plunge every morning uh, for the month of February. So we are 20 days in mm-hmm. to a cold plunge every morning, and it is 
magnificent, but uh, very, very hard at the same time. So uh, we are also uh, plunging in freezing cold water in February as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, Lou, what, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, as we said earlier, uh, talking about the vagus nerve uh, called, or the 10th cranial nerve, it's also called the wandering nerve uh, because it sort of goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so why, uh, why is it something that you feel like is necessary for people to know about? Well, because it's this epic highway um, where we have these competing desires in our lives and we have this desire um, where we have a drive to survive, but then we have this longing to connect with people. So we're in the midst of that right now, right? Well, can I, can I see people or do I need to stay home so that I survive? Mm-hmm. Right. So we have these, these competing desires and they, they happen inside of our autonomic nervous system. And so, uh, this woman, Deb Dana, she, uh, wrote a book called polyvagal exercises for safety and connection. Um, and the polyvagal theory is a, um, psychological theory, but it's also, I mean, it's biological as well. Um, developed by a man named Stephen Porges or Porges. I'm not sure. Porges, I think. Um, and he developed a uh, heart rate variability, mm. which sort of can give us, uh, give us a, a gauge, um, on our, how our nervous system's doing, how the health of our autonomic nervous system is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so parasympathetic, sympathetic anyways. So she says that our ability to respond and recover from the challenges of daily living is a marker for well-being. So our ability to respond and recover from the challenges of daily living is a marker for well-being and depends on the autonomic nervous system, Hmm. which our autonomic nervous system is that system of our body that keeps us alive. It does the automatic things. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but basically it, uh, it manages breathing and heart rate and blood pressure. Um, our pupils dilate. So if a bear comes into the room, you are going to respond in basically four different ways based upon your autonomic nervous system Mm -hmm. in order to survive. Yeah. 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 So it's, we do this along the highway of the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. Not all of those things. And now I just want to say too, that I am not an expert on the vagus nerve. I love it. It fascinates me. Um, I am not an expert on the polyvagal theory. It is like, it is a, it's a rabbit hole in and of itself. So everything that we'll talk about today is like surface level. And hopefully in the midst of this surface level conversation, um, you might be inspired to go and learn more and understand more and take care of your body more, um, so that you can better manage life. Very cool. So, so just giving that disclaimer. Here. Yeah, I am not a doctor <laughs> nor an expert on this. But yeah, you are led. You're led by your passion of hmm. just understanding. You know, yes. and I think that that's that's great. And not only 
being led to discover all the different things about it, but with the purpose of educating people, seeing, I think, I think as, as just like standing by you, as you have like discovered all these things, what's been the coolest part is you learn something and then you apply it not only to your teaching, but to yourself. And then you see and feel the benefits of it. And then that leads you down like the whole more, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I want to know more. I want to know why or how it stimulates this. And then through that, then there's something else that you can practically do. And you start to feel something in your body, in your person, in your response, in other people, even in your clients. And then that just continues to lead you to know more about the vagus nerve, which I think is, is incredible. Because ultimately the the end all be all is to help people better help themselves, Mm -hmm. help people be able to know that they can take care of themselves and Mm -hmm. that they, that there are tools out there that can help them with really simple things that could change the trajectory of their life. Like just sleeping through the night Mm -hmm. per se, like Mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. 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 And even you saying, you know, through, it was response and recovery, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. And so like recovery, what does that even look like? You know, what does that look like now in 2021? What does that look like for people to like recover? And because people don't know one, they don't, they, they think of, you know, self-love as, um, going and getting their hair done or their nails done. Um, but really looking at internally, you know, what can you do to help regulate, but balance your system. Um, and so I think, uh, I think this is a really cool, everybody who has taken a class, uh, from us and there's been a, like our 24 seven camp 17 shift, all the things that we do where, where women come in, in a group and they sit this lesson is one that sticks with them and they remember they're like oh my gosh remember when Lou talked about the vagus nerve and all the things and luckily in our gym we have a 16 foot chalkboard so you can fit yeah all the all things, the things. <laughs> yeah. so I think it's really cool to put things into perspective for people so what um like how many organs actually does the vagus nerve touch well it really touches every organ in our body it it extends from the brain stem to your bowels. So just name, name a few. Well, so, so it, it communicates its, its biggest communicators that it communicates with and then they communicate from because uh, our, our brains communicate with our body, but then our body communicates with our brain. Mm-hmm. So we have afferent and efferent communications happening all the time. So something's happening in your gut and your gut is telling your brain something, but then there's times where your brain is telling your body something mm-hmm. um, in very simple terms. Um, it's far more complex than that. But, <laughs> but, that, but that's, that's what nerves do. Nerves are highways that, um, that send out neurotransmitters. They send out... Uh, signals for things to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I, I even listened to this man once. He was talking about chakras. And he was saying uh, that we need to understand that chakras aren't just these, like, weird woo-woo-y spots. They're, like, literally, like, gigantic nerve highways that can get all, like, like backed up and and can cause issues in the body. And I was like, 
wow, that is so fascinating. Because I think we have, um, I think both from a, like from a religious side, but also from a science side, we've, we've had to have competing sides. You either believe in, a, in God or you believe in science. And if you believe in science, you can't believe in God. And if you believe in God, then you can't believe in science or that you don't. And I'm not saying that for everyone, but I think that we have um, we've done a massive injustice to um, to spirituality as well as science in thinking that the two can't go together. Mm-hmm. They have to, mm-hmm. right? Like they they have to, yeah, because you just can't have one without the other. You are not a just a sack of guts with hair wandering around aimlessly just being matter in motion. Like you are a spiritual being inside of a body that is walking and talking and has health and, or doesn't have health. Um, and they, they both speak to each other. And so that was a total rabbit or a little tangent there. But I just, I think that we have to be able to, to come back together and know that we, um, that that science and spirituality and science and religion and science and God actually totally go hand in hand and they don't you don't have to leave out one for the other mm-hmm. because I think they both speak to the other mm-hmm. um, and I I know that it's been a wrestle for a lot of my life um, and so I think sometimes we get so woo wooey and and we forget that there's like super practical like very practical things about the body that can actually speak to spirituality and uh and speak to uh to like what's happening emotionally inside of us they're not independent mm-hmm. right you're not a brain and a body and they don't affect each other right your your limbic and your emotional system affects every single organ in your body it affects your physical body your physical body affects your emotional health and it's not this two story dualistic mindset where you are you are a mind and you're a body like you are one so everything that is happening inside of your mind is happening in your body and everything that's happening in your body is happening in your mind mm-hmm. like it's we, we can't separate them, but for so long we have, um, and they've gotten, they've gotten separated through spirituality as well, right? Like mm-hmm. your spirit is good and your flesh is bad. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's, it's, it's bad. It's poor thinking mm-hmm. and it leads to nothing successful in life other than your body's bad. And your spirit is good. So be very, very spiritual and forget about your body. Or if you don't want to be spiritual, you only pay attention to your body and then you lose the connection with the divine. Mm-hmm. So it just, it it can get a little bit messy. That's my opinion. Um, and I think I see it just played out over and over and over again. Like we are not, we are not independent. Um, yeah, we are not little wandering around. Uh, bodies with no spirits and we're not wandering spirits with no bodies Mm -hmm. and we need to learn to integrate them and see that everything that is happening to us emotionally is physically affecting us and everything physically is affecting us emotionally and spiritually Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's good. Sorry, that was a total tangent, and I it's lost okay. the organs. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, are, is she going to talk about the organs, or does mm-hmm. she feel like she doesn't need to? No, she's talking I about do. Yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. But but knowing that there's communication, like there's a communicating back and forth between all of us. So your heart, your lungs, your brain, and your guts are these massive communicators. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
but but then you move into um, you move into maybe we'll post uh, the the cover to this. We'll use that Vegas nerve picture as the cover, so you can kind of see um, if you look on this picture, you can see sort of where where it all it all touches. It's like one of my most favorite pictures. Um, but the vagus nerve also uh, hits the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, um, all the female fertility organs, um, your gallbladder, your ureter, your bronchi, your tongue, and your eyes. Um, but then we get into it, uh, it affecting the neck and the larynx and your ears um, and your facial muscles, which we'll get to a little bit later as to why that's so important mm-hmm. um, to to not just physiology and just the organs of our body, but to how we um, communicate with humans. That's good. It's good. Would you would you say that? Um, well, I mean, I know I know I find this, but would you say that even just after you talked about just the body, the mind, and the body, and uh, and it being so separate. Um, do you feel like the biggest wrestle, especially in what we do with movement in, in connecting, like, I feel like some people have like an, their mind overrides a lot of things or with other people, their body overrides things where, um, would you say that when like the wrestle or like the conflict comes when we bring those two things together you know, like when we, when we try to bring those two things together, that's where, that's where the conflict is, right? Because we feel like there should be this separation, but yet they want to function together. Mm-hmm. And it goes so, it, it's so much deeper than when you come to the gym and you work out to get a better body and then you modify your food and your diet to get a better body, but really like sustainability is is really like what we are looking for mm-hmm. and we feel like after a month of no sugar and working out you know five days a week and we feel like then after that then we can go back to our our normal you know eating habits and our workout habits after you punished and hated yourself enough that you should have a body that you love yeah exactly it doesn't even make sense yeah it's this this place of, of really like looking and saying like, okay, like I am actually going to start taking responsibility and not in a way that is, that is, um, uh, yeah, that is like punishment. Um, you know, because we think of discipline and we think of responsibility as, as like things that our parents once, once taught us. And, um, so when we were younger, you know, it was like, oh, you need to be more responsible or, you know, we were always being disciplined for not doing something or doing something. And so something was taken away. And so it was seen as punishment. Um, when really it's, it's a lot about, you know, like giving yourself the freedom to feel and express, but then through that freedom, there is responsibility because there's no longer a restriction that's put on you that says like, you need to do these things. You need to look, do these things in this certain way. It's just, okay, I have the freedom, but freedom scares people. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how they're like, I need so much structure. I need to be told exactly what to do. And it's like, no, do you? Or is it just that you need to learn how to actually live with freedom? You need to learn how to live with freedom, but without having something, without having a, not necessarily, without having a foundation, we then, the freedom is whatever we feel, whenever we feel without any responsibility for our actions. Um, And that's not true, right? 
Um, and so freedom requires that trust. It, it requires trusting yourself enough to know that you can have the, pota- the, the, the pistachios next to, you know, the Reese's Pieces in your pantry and, like, not eating all of the Reese's Pieces mm-hmm. until they're gone so they don't have to be in there anymore mm-hmm. until the next time that you buy them. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, for... Um, for us, these last like three, three and a half years, I don't even know how long it's been where we have really made a commitment, um, to, to really, really, I mean, we were for, we have been for a long time, like you and I both, what I think we, we were uh, doing our website and we're now at like 45 years of combined coaching experience Mm -hmm, together. mm -hmm. Like that's so many years, so many years, so many years we've been helping people connect their hearts and their minds and their bodies, but we've taken it in the last like three and a half years to an entirely new level Yeah, with knowing that the breath is the bridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's where it is, which is why breath is so hard. It, it requires discipline. It requires connection. Um, it requires uh, awareness. Um, but when you start connecting with your breath, you can no longer run away from yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, it's a really hard trait. And I'm not just talking about automatically breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about intentionally breathing, mm-hmm. um, which I think for a really long time had this woo-woo connotation to it. And it was only something that you worked on breathing if you were in a sweat lodge or in a yoga class, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think... We we missed out on so we've missed out on so much mm-hmm. um, in not taking into account the absolute necessity of voluntary, connected, engaged, aware breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's if you look at if you look at breath like what we were just talking about with the mind and the body and and the wrestle in connecting those things together it really is the wrestle with the breath you know it it is it's it's the wrestle with being present mm-hmm. um because the second you go back into your mind again you like it 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 changes it yeah. changes you leave the you you leave that space of being present, which we do so often. We yeah. do, you know, our anxious thoughts will bring us, you know, into the future. When this happens, when that happens, what is this going to do? What is that going to do? And then just even like our depressive thoughts think more about like, okay, this is what happened. This is what happened then. This is what happened, you know, and then you live in those moments. And most of the time, those moments look like you're reliving failure mm-hmm. or you are trying to relive victories and then realizing that you don't have those victories anymore in this space, right? And so there's this wrestle, but the breath really does bring you back to being present and being connected with your body. And we find when we do connect, when we, you and I, but then also the ladies that we work with, the people that we work with, it tends to be a very emotional time. Yeah, it can be. And sometimes it's just powerful and engaging and life-giving yeah. and then other times it's it's like what the heck is happening right now uh-huh. what is what is going on i don't know if i want to be in this present moment because this present moment is 
what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy. Um, so with with obviously the vagus nerve and how it um, like what it's it's in our body. So most would think it's in our body, so it's going to function, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's in um, my my lungs are in my body, so they're going to function. My heart is in my body, so it's going to function. <laughs> my gut is in my body, so it's going to function. And yeah. you know, we'll get like you know, those of us that you know have breathing problems or issues um, or gut issues. Um, or heart issues, uh, so we we look at we look at these things that we can that, that are struggling, and we automatically assume that there is nothing that we can do about it besides like okay, I can't run anymore. I've got to take. I can't eat um, certain foods because they make me constipated, or I can't. Which which could very well be, or not necessarily constipated, but just just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are ways that just the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this nerve, the tenth cranial nerve, right, runs through our body. If we can even just like picture that right now, it's actually very cool that there's a nerve that is touching every organ in our body right now. Brainstem to bowels. Yeah. And so sending signals all the time, and the brain receiving signals from it all the time. It is like this crazy highway. Mm-hmm. So you um, you talk about a a low tone nerve, mm-hmm. and so when when the tone is low, what is a how how do people get in touch with their vagus nerve? They can obviously be aware of of certain things, right? And so when you look at low tone, how what are some signs that they have a low tone nerve? Yeah, so vagus a low nerve. tone nerve, you could just think about like a non energized. Uh, nerve. And I, um, I remember the first time that uh, I started really reading about the nerve and really um, looking at things and, and thinking about people and, and thinking about people and how we could help people. There, there were so many, there were, there are so many um, symptoms of a low tone nerve that you stop and you're thinking, oh my gosh, why didn't I know about this nerve? Mm-hmm. Like, why was I not taught about? I mean, maybe I was taught about it, but not at the extent of how important this is. Mm-hmm. Um, because you start looking at how many um, conditions or diseases in the body, right? How how the body is just not at ease, it's not at peace, um, and it's not functioning well because of a low tone nerve. And so things like anxiety and panic. Um, and epilepsy and PTSD, those are, those are a, a nerve that is like hyper aroused. So it's still not functioning well, but it's not necessarily functioning like on a low end. It's on the opposite end, right? Mm -hmm. So it is hyper, um, whereas you get into insomnia and obesity and weight gain and things like that. And those are more of a hypo functioning nerve. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, insomnia, obesity, weight gain, um, irritable bowel syndrome, depression, chronic inflammation, a difficulty swallowing, um, delayed gastric emptying, so constipation. Uh, wait a second. Are you making a commercial for... <laughs> 
for a new a new medication, a new pill? Because it sure it as heck sounds, sounds like it, like it yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, but the only problem is, is there will not be disclaimers when the dogs and the puppies come in <laughs> on the show and they start telling you all the side effects that you're going to have, like death. And you know whatever yeah, other, all these things that you just that you just read you just read anxiety panic you know all these things insomnia you know like if all of if if it sounds like a pill it yes. sounds like a pill it sounds like the side effect of medication mm-hmm. is what it sounds yeah. that's exactly what or it sounds why like. you're on medication but then you start taking the pill and then the other pill that pill has side effects which you probably need another pill for yeah to battle those but when you start activating and like taking care of the vagus nerve um which is just basically taking care of yourself mm-hmm. um you you will see side effects that you don't need another you don't need a pill for and you don't mm-hmm. need to be afraid of you know yeah. where they don't have to bring in puppy dogs and kids during that part of the commercial to distract <laughs> you from the fact that there are some dangerous you know anal leakage and migraines yeah. and yeah. possibility of death and stroke. Seriously, and- you guys, the next time you see a, a commercial <laughs> for for a new type of medication that's supposed to change your life and make it so much better, listen to all the side effects and then see, watch when they bring in the puppies or the kids and the children. Or the really happy fun times. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's not that big of a deal. Anal leakage? I pfft. This puppy, this, this puppy. Well, remember is just those so Olean cute. chips? They used to cause yeah. anal leakage. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, well, dang. I wonder how they never figured ate that those. out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What right. were they called? Olean. Were they called Olean? Olean. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, Maybe I, Olean was what caused anal leakage. Yeah, and the I chips don't know, but I do else. remember that. I remember that being like. I don't remember what those chips were called. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never had them. <laughs> I think I had them, but I didn't have anal leakage. Oh, that's good. How would you know? I mean, oh, oh, never mind. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Puppies, puppies and children. Uh, were there any other uh, symptoms of a low tone nerve? Yeah. So delay, we talked about constipation, um, even food sensitivity. So mm-hmm. the inability to digest food, sometimes it's it's like, well, I just can't eat red meat. Mm-hmm. Like my body gets a stomach ache when I... Um, when I eat red meat and it might not be actually the red meat. It could be, um, that you're not digesting, right? Cause there's a very big difference between ingesting food and digesting food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to digest things, which sometimes is the, is, um, you know, along with like forcing yourself to make sure you fit in all your macros, like, okay, great. But how much of that are you actually digesting if you're just anxious all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Because because if, if – again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's two sides of your nervous system. There's your sympathetic and there's your parasympathetic. And if you are sympathetic in fight and flight all the time, in survival mode all the time, um, the opposite side of the nervous system is the parasympathetic and that's where digestion happens. So if you are anxious and stressed all the time, constantly on the run – um, it's you don't digest food as well as you could. So you're making sure you eat all this food, but you're not necessarily digesting a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, protein being the hardest macronutrient to digest. And we are like making sure we get all of our protein in, but then we're not getting, we're not, we don't have the capability to digest it because we're so stressed. We're so panicked. We're constantly in survival mode. Mm-hmm just trying to stay alive, mm-hmm. um, that 
that it tends to not get digested very well. And then undigested uh, protein in the colon can can cause an entire other gamut of inflammation mm-hmm. in the body systemically. And mm-hmm. so, um, which is sometimes why when we're feeling anxious and stressed, all we want to eat are fast, quick, sugary carbs because the system knows that it can digest that, right? Mm-hmm. Your body's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can we can constantly be craving that type of food, not because we need it or because we want it. It's because it's, it might be the only thing that we can handle right then. Yeah. Um, and so if we're constantly living in that place, um, realizing we might not have food issues like we think we have food issues, we might just have a stress issue, right? Yeah. Just like you might not have insomnia, you might actually just have a stress issue and you might have a vagus nerve issue and you might have a nervous system imbalance Mm -hmm. issue. Um, And so the food sensitivity, which then leads to gut problems, we can have B, it can cause B, B12 deficiencies just in energy, um, heartburn, um, and then dizziness and fainting and, and things like that. So those are just some dysfunctional, dysfunctional uh, things that can be affected by, um, a vagus nerve that's not firing well. Mm, that's good. So, uh, what could be some uh, more like positive things that happen when the when the nerve regulates? So when it's when you not necessarily more positive things, but when the when the nerve is regulated, what mm-hmm. does that look like? Um, it looks like we can digest food better. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a consistent heart rate. Um, we it it actually helps regulate breath, regulate swallowing, um, regulates blood pressure and glucose balance. It regulates uh, kidney function, so our ability to process waste. Um, it releases bile, which then helps us break down foods. Mm. Um, it helps regulate testosterone and saliva secretion. Um, it helps control taste. Uh, we're able to release tears, mm. so it creates tears. Um, and it actually helps uh, regulate uh, fertility. Mm. So if you look at what it regulates and what we can look at like as an inconsistent heart rate, as poor food digestion, as an issue with breathing, as an issue with sweating. I don't know if I said sweating. I think I might have forgotten. Uh, I think you yeah, I think yes. skipped that. Um, regulate sweating and then blood pressure issues and glucose issues and you know, processing waste issues, uh, and low testosterone or, um, you know, I'm, I'm just come back to this story. We helped this woman once who had, um, when I started learning about the vagus nerve, I, I kind of, um, thought about her mostly when I was reading what it regulates, um, because she didn't have an appetite, um, did not have, uh, she was on medication for, um, for tears because her eyes were really dry. She wasn't uh, she wasn't producing a lot of saliva, which then can can aid in a low um, a low uh, like just not having much of an appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, constipation, low sex drive, um, and uh, what else? Do you remember any 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 other things? Mm. Yeah, just just that, circulation, was, yeah. just like blood circulating well through the body. And so when we started learning about the nerve, I, I really thought like, oh my gosh, what if we could help her? Mm-hmm. You know, like what if we could help? And so we hung out with her for like half a day, Yeah, did some breath work, um, 
did some exhalation work allowed her to like make some sound with her exhale and hear her own voice there's such power in hearing our own voices mm-hmm. um and i know i know that um you know even just like looking at this and like and and looking at the at the big picture of this and what you had just said you know like the low tone and people are like people who are listening right now are like oh my gosh that's me that's me that's me that's me that's me that's me and then they look at the other side and you know what the vagus nerve helps regulate in the body and they were like oh my gosh yes 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 tell me lou how do i how do i how do i do this how do i stimulate my nerve you know and so even through this story uh, we're going to just kind of reveal a few things that you can do to help stimulate the nerve, but then there's more. So don't worry. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that too. But even just as, as we just begin to share this story, there's some things in here that then not, not the only things, but some things that can help, uh, stimulate, um, the nerve. And so then it can then begin to regulate these functions in the body. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we did some um, diaphragm release. This is what, I don't know, maybe like three and a half years ago. This was a yeah, long time it was, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was yeah. a long, long time ago. So we did some some release of the diaphragm. Um, we did some, some like deep breathing type stuff. Um, and then we uh, went outside and got in the hot tub. And then it was, this was maybe like February. Mm-hmm. So it was It was, yeah, cold. It was cold. It was really yeah, it was cold really outside. Cold. The, the, then, then this lady had a pool. And so in her pool, the, the pool was about 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, cold water is magical for the vagus nerve and for the, for the nervous system. It just really is. And so um, did some breathing and um, she, she let out some, some just old sighs. And uh, then we went outside and got in the hot tub. And then she kind of got into her knee, got up to her knees in the cold water and um, she had been, she got back in the hot tub and she had had a bunch of just sort of like stagnant blood. Um, you know, those little like spots that you have in your eyes where all of a sudden you have this like black thing that's moving around. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know, but she was like, oh yeah, they're just little like, little like blood clot spaces. Nothing like super dangerous, but she's like, I have like five or six in each eye. Well, after she got into her knees for maybe like a minute, minute and a half in the water, she was like, oh my gosh, the spots are all gone in my eyes. And so you know that just, like, things are moving, right? Things are getting moving in the body. Like, circulation is improving. And um, and so then just went and sat back in the hot tub. And then she got back in, maybe, like, to her waist and sat in there for a couple minutes, came back in the hot tub. And as we were talking, she uh, she just fully just went, oh, my gosh. I had so much saliva in my mouth. I don't even know what to do. And so all of a sudden, stimulation of saliva. And she couldn't believe it. Because we, I mean, we talked about, we had kind of said like, well, we're, I don't know, there's this nerve and it like does a bunch of stuff. And I'm, I don't really know, but I think maybe this could help. But I'm totally not a doctor <laughs> and this might not work at all. And so then with the stimulation of the saliva, she got really really hungry mm-hmm. um and then she went back into the pool again and went like up to her chest and sat in there for a while where I think both of us were kind of like okay maybe maybe you should get out now it's been <laughs> it's been a while um, I do remember that and yeah. uh but you know she she didn't want to get out she had settled she had settled in mm-hmm. and um so then 
she had said to her husband, like, hey, will you go get some steak? And you, you, she's definitely one that she's like, I would really love to eat red meat, but I just I don't digest it very well, and it, it kind of hurts my belly. And so she wanted steak. And so we went in and had some steak, and she was, she was licking the bone. Um, woke up in the morning and uh, had said right when we left, had text and said that she pooped right after we left, mm-hmm. um, after she ate. Glory. <laughs> yeah, red meat. Um, her sex drive came back. She woke up in the morning, and her eyeballs weren't dry, uh, and then saw her the next day, and she literally looked like she was sunburned because mm-hmm. her, just, her circulation was so different. Like, her blood was just getting pumped throughout her body, and um, and oxygen was, like, getting where it needed to go, mm-hmm. and it was just so nuts. And she'll even tell you now, when she gets super stressed, she's like, I know that I need to get in the water. Yeah. Um, I really know that I need to get in the water. Um, and so that was just really really cool and so there's so many different ways to to stimulate um the nerve that are just so simple yeah so one obviously one thing that you were just taught well a couple things breath but then uh also cold water yeah right we we have been getting in cold water every day uh in february and it really is like it, it just it just even looking back now, even as you were just sharing that story, remembering um, when she got into that cold water, there being and even when I get in cold water and when you and then also watching other people, especially for the first couple times, mm-hmm. there really is this this fear like your body knows that it's going to be cold mm-hmm. right and so it's, and then it feels it's going to be cold mm-hmm. it feels <laughs> it feels that cold. it is cold your mind your mind says it's going to be this is going to be really cold because one i mean our body obviously talks to each other so even standing outside not talks to each other but our body like you said you know talks to our mind and our mind can talk to our body and and so standing there and you feel through your senses that it's cold outside yeah and so your mind says if you get in that water it's going to be even colder. You're going to die. Yeah. Your and heart's going to stop. <laughs> and you are going to die. And then you think of all the things that, like, right, that it goes it goes to that place of just, like, just being so irrational. And we were just talking to a friend of ours last night, and he was talking about cold water. And then he said something interesting where he said he's standing outside of, he's done a cold plunge a couple of times, standing outside of the cold water, he thinks to himself, I'm safe. Yeah. But yet my body is responding in a way where it is not safe. Yeah. And so it's like this opportunity to have your your body and your mind communicate to each other. But I also feel like in a way where you can, you really rationally look at the situation and you're like, I'm not, there's no threat here. Mm -hmm. There isn't. And so it's in that moment where you're like, whoa, okay. And then you get into the water. And I remember her getting into the water and it being this where she started to breathe, you know, (laughs) and then finding this place of like, wow, I am. It's that that wrestle of the breath when our mind and our body then come together. Right. And that breath is almost forced upon you because it's cold. Yeah. And and so in order to calm yourself down. It goes from that sympathetic state to that parasympathetic state, uh, which is what you want to end in yeah. when you are in cold water. But for most, it's jump in, freak out, get out, get right back in the hot tub. Yeah. Um, but I, I do remember 
that, you know, yeah. of her getting in there. And for, you know, for, you know, both of us, I think we just watched her and watched her breathe and you can almost see it come over her body. You like watch the soul settle. Totally. You really do. You, you, you watch the conflict inside of the human be settled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You watch things come together. You watched a shift happen. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the soul that you can't that you can't fake. No. You know, like you can't pretend. You can't be like, oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm in the water. If you're saying I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Then you are probably in sim- denial. Yeah, you're yeah. In, de- in denial. You're in denial. And you're clearly soul sympathetic. Uh, yeah. You know, and you're just pretending. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but it really is that difference when that we've talked about before of. You know, the nervous system responds in the exact same way. The breath increases, the heart rate increases, the pupils dilate, the blood flushes out Mm -hmm. to the extremities when we are threatened or when we are being challenged. It responds in the exact same way. It's just the, the, the choice in the mind that changes how we're going to engage with this. Like, am I, am I being threatened? Is this cold water threatening Mm -hmm. or Am I about to do something where I'm about to be challenged and my body is rising to the occasion of mm-hmm. the challenge? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what episode we talked about that on, but we, we definitely talked about that. And it, it's, a, it's a great thing to remember, especially yeah. when we're stepping into doing hard things. So you, you mentioned um, like breath. And with the breath, it definitely needs to be conscious engaging with the diaphragm so needing to like definitely engage the nostrils and get the diaphragm to work um which is a completely different topic um but and then cold water so what what are some of the other things that uh that are just real cheap and easy free ways to to stimulate the the vagus nerve yeah well shoot humming i remember you talking to me about humming even and even when we breathe when we're working on our breath, even in that exhale, mm-hmm. like just that, like right where you're at right now, right where you're, wherever you're listening, whoever's in the car with you, yeah. just take a nice deep breath in your nose and then hum mm-hmm. as you exhale. Mm-hmm. And it's it crazy. just feels yeah. so the vibra- good. It's the vibration on the back of the throat. Yeah, that creates uh, that creates the activation of that mm-hmm. parasympathetic side of the nervous system. Yeah, and you can do that even while you work out too. Yeah, right. Like we mm-hmm. have been talking to our gals about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you mm-hmm. can you can train harder with less stress to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful thing. Yeah. So other things that stimulate the nerve: exercise. What? Uh, yeah. Um, yoga, cold water, uh, singing in unison. Yeah. Yeah. So singing in unison. So if you're in the car singing with people or um, like at concerts, that's why it's like amazing. Or at church when you're singing with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Laughter. Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha Uh, fasting, um, sun exposure. Ooh, a little I, vitamin D. Yeah, so being in the sun. Um, zinc. Uh, acupuncture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, chewing gum. Uh, what else, Lou? Well, we've got positive socialization, which is kind of where we'll go next with this. Um, but meditation and prayer mm. also mm. Uh, activate 
um, the vagus nerve. So learning to just relax, be still, but pray, massage, um, gargling, even gargling water. If you're really afraid to get into a full thing of cold water, you could um, give a shot, give give it a shot to do a cold shower at mm-hmm. the end of your shower. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure when you do use cold water for um, for the, like the activation of the the uh, parasympathetic nervous system and to to just sort of settle in. Um, always ending with cold water. Mm. You want to end with the cold. Yeah. Um, and so uh, doing that is is really really amazing. So when uh, when oxytocin is released, it actually uh, stimulates the vagus nerve, which is where we can get into uh, positive socialization and how actually why the vagus nerve is so important to our um, like having a, a functioning vagus nerve is really important for our connection to people. Mm. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. And even thinking about, um, you know, oxytocin, we think about it just being something that, that happens in our body that's released in our body when we touch one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's been called, you know, the, the cuddle hormone, mm-hmm. um, when you are, you know, close to someone else. And so a hug that lasts longer than 20 seconds releases it in your body, which is very true. Um, but then it's also known as the trust hormone, what? which is so cool. Um, when you tell are us, having tell yes, us about this, shit. yes, tell. it's so cool. Um, and so when you are when you're with another human, and you so let's say you and I, Lou, are walking together, and I share with you information that you know is very vulnerable, mm-hmm. and so not transparent, not me just telling you all my 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 baggage and all the things, but talking to you about something that is very vulnerable. And so something that leaves me susceptible to get hurt Mm. or, um, I'm giving something to you. I'm trusting you with something. Mm. You feel that you feel that. And when you feel that, then there's a connection chemically that actually happens in you and me. Gosh. So isn't that incredible? So when I am a more trustworthy human and mm-hmm. I feel trusted and I actually am trusted because you mm-hmm. just can't fake being a trustworthy person. No, you can't. I mean, you can, but you're just yeah. not. Uh, I release oxytocin. Yeah. What? You, you, huh? And when you actually are trusted. Wow. Um, and there's there's been some really crazy... I, I read about this uh, a while ago and there... There are some crazy like schemes like that that people in history have done to manipulate this uh, to hijack. Of course, there is. There is, and it was it it was crazy because they said that it's like the hormonal response in your body is so powerful that you can't help. And it had to do something. I, I don't even remember what it was, but I was just like, oh my gosh, it was somebody had trusted somebody with something and then they ended up, it ended up being like, um, had to do with um, uh, counterfeit money. Mm. And, uh, but it's, it was basically just saying like, that's how powerful this connection is in the body, even with strangers. Wow. So not just with, um, especially with strangers. Yeah. Uh, because then you you then are connected chemically to yeah. this person. So so like so what you're saying is when we're connecting with people, then 
we are kind of settling our nervous system. So sitting down and having a meal and sharing a meal with other humans can actually improve our digestion. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Crazy. Most definitely. And bring you to be more present. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sharing a meal with people is a very, very, very good way to become present. Um, yeah. So the other, so the, the, the really, this is where um, the polyvagal theory really comes in, is that, so our the vagus nerve has two, has basically two branches. It has a dorsal branch and it has a ventral branch. So it has a, a, a front branch, basically, and it has a back branch, dorsal. Um, and you don't need to know that. But the the really the really crazy thing is that the ventral branch of the vagus nerve is basically how we socially engage and the dorsal branch is how we disengage mm. maybe mm-hmm. i could say i could say that so you have your parasympathetic nervous system okay so you have your parasympathetic nervous system and you have the dorsal and the ventral um, branch of of the nervous system. So you have what we could call flow, which would be the ventral branch, which is social engagement. Um, and, and sort of like, I don't want to say like functioning in society, but sort of functioning, functioning in society. And then we have the freeze part of our nervous system, which is the, the, the dorsal branch. Mm -hmm. And then we have the sympathetic side of the nervous system, which is fight and flight. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now every single um, I think a lot of times when we're reading about the nervous system, um, it's there's almost like certain parts of the nervous system that are demonized, like fight, flight, and freeze are so bad and you just want to flow all the time. But that's not actually like true or normal. I don't, I don't think that we have these systems in our bodies that are good or bad. They are. Mm-hmm. And they are there for a purpose. Yeah, now, that's good. I think that we can, um, we can have a dysfunctional state of flow, a dysfunctional state of fight, a dysfunctional state of flight, a dysfunctional state of freeze, and we can have a very functional flow state, a functional fight state, a functional flight state, and a functional freeze state. Mm -hmm. And so they have their, they have each of their, their outworkings, I guess. And like I said earlier, our ability to respond and recover to things that are happening in life is based upon how healthy our autonomic nervous system is. And so if you can think of your nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic side of your nervous system as a built arch, one side sympathetic, one side parasympathetic, instead of this linear line, you can see that we, we can't we can't just be sympathetic all the time and, and feel like we're able to function mm-hmm. and we can't be parasympathetic all the time and feel like we can function, mm-hmm. right? You can't flow and freeze through every part of life and you can't fight and flight your way through every part of life. Yeah. You can try, yeah. but you're going to end up either in a manic state or you're going to end up in a frozen, depressed, ready for death state, mm-hmm. right? Or trying to namaste every single part of life away, which is not actually a reality, mm-hmm. right? And, but we've, we've glorified this state of flow sometimes that that's like the end all be all where we're just like, 
yeah, nothing bothers me. But then you're actually just not being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's it's important to know that every every state of our nervous system has function, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes, like if the bear comes into the room, you're not going to namaste the bear away. That is not the time <laughs> to flow. That's yeah. not the yeah. time for social engagement. The bear does not want to have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. right? No. Um, no. You you could try to fight the bear. Mm-hmm. You could if you had tools for that. Um, you could run away, flighting from the bear, which is would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you can freeze and sort of play dead, mm-hmm. which what happens is that when we think about when things happen in life and we think about trauma and we think about pain and we think about, um, you know, the things of life that aren't, uh, they don't necessarily bring back like great memories, but they were struggle. Um our nervous system was responding to that mm-hmm. and too much trauma affects the vagus nerve mm. because when I am in a parasympathetic state, I feel safe. And when I am in a sympathetic state, I feel unsafe and I'm trying to survive. And so for some of you out there listening, you have never known a state of safety ever in your whole life. Mm-hmm. So you have a low tone vagus nerve because Ultimately, too much stress, a lot of trauma is what creates a low-tone vagus nerve. Too much of a sympathetic state, too much fight, too much flight, is what affects the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we can start pulling all this together. And then we start to see... So earlier, I mentioned that the vagus nerve, um, it works it doesn't work with but it affects the neck the ears the facial muscles throat the larynx because what happens is that the vagus nerve the that that dorsal or the ventral part of the vagus nerve it connect it it actually affects our facial muscles and with our facial muscles that's how we really connect we are constantly living in a world where we are looking for safe people. Mm-hmm. We are looking for faces that we want to connect with, whether we're connecting with certain faces because of our own dysfunction, right? Because dysfunction attracts dysfunction, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. then function uh, attracts function. But we're, we're always looking. You're going to walk into a room and you're going to be looking around to find safe faces, mm-hmm. somebody that looks safe to you. Mm-hmm. And so... The, the massive thing that's happening in culture right now. So we, we connect with people through the vagus nerve facially um, from like the corner of the eye, the outside of the eye, down to where your lips meet. So the corner of your mouth. So nose, upper lip, all of that. That's a lot of the places where the vagus nerve innervates our facial expressions. So right now, when everyone is walking around with masks on, we actually can't see safety. Mm-hmm. You you don't see safety just because of somebody's eyes. Mm-hmm. Like we're saying like, oh, we'll just smile with your eyes. Well, but I can also, I could glare at you and my eyes could kind of do the same thing, but we're missing the rest of the face. So you have a lot of children that are walking around right now who aren't getting to see faces. So they aren't actually learning to see safety in, mm-hmm. in people. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're missing this place of development of seeing safe faces because they're actually, they're covered. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, it's so, it's very, very, very true. You know, I was thinking about that, uh, 
the other day, even as a grown woman and growing up seeing faces and being able to identify like, oh, this person is... Isn't that crazy that you just said that? Growing up and seeing faces? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is wild. Yeah. Growing up and seeing and seeing people, you know, and knowing like, okay, this person is safe. This person is unsafe. Any person that covered their face wanted not to be seen. You know, and so like you, if somebody was wearing glasses and a mask, it was because they didn't want to be identified. Yeah. They didn't want to be seen. And so now we have this, this, we, we've, we're starting to become desensitized, you know, because now everyone, everyone's unsafe. Everyone has a mask, but then what ends up happening is everyone's unsafe, but then there's this, this firing in your system and this conversation that even like you're having with yourself is like, oh no, they're okay. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're okay. Oh no, they're okay. They're okay. They're okay. They have to do this. They have to do this. They have to do this. Well, there's still people when they don't wear a mask and you see their face and you know that they, they feel unsafe. They look unsafe. We don't even have, we don't have that gauge mm-hmm. because now it's, it's, it's as if we're becoming desensitized because I do feel like that is, that is a part of it. Like I was actually walking, um, out of Costco the other day, and there was this gentleman where uh, you definitely notice more about the body when you can't see the face, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and someone who watches bodies like you and I, we watch bodies for a living. We watch them move. I be- I've become more aware of movement and posture and where tension is held in the body than ever. So that's like a positive thing, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but I this, this gentleman was wearing a hat, wearing sunglasses and a mask. And then he had a hood on over. So he had, so there was like no identifiable Mm. like facial features. Um, But then immediately my, he felt unsafe. Immediately he felt unsafe to me. Um, And it was because I couldn't identify him. Yeah. And so, but then I looked at his body and I was like, okay, his right foot is kicking out. Okay. He's got a little bit of a beer, beer belly. I could see his belly button through his shirt. Like I was like, I just went through and like totally like marked and I was like his palms are facing back as he walks like there was like this 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 inventory he probably couldn't chase me very quickly <laughs> yeah. he tried to run out yeah. <laughs> I was like he drinks beer a lot he doesn't uh he's, got, he's really sad he's really sad <laughs> yeah or right and so there's these yeah the, but my my mind automatically went trying to find the things um to I was trying to find safety when yeah. I was around him you know and what that was, was looking at his body and evaluating his body. Uh, but it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Oh, well, and then in the midst of that as well is you look at like, well, no one's safe because everybody might have a, they might be carrying a virus, Yeah, totally. which you're like, well, y'all are, you're all filled with bacteria and yeah. parasites and it's just part of being a human you're more bacteria than you are human like human being like as far as like the bacteria that is in your body the dna of the bacteria that's in your body is more complex than the dna of your own body yes uh of your own yeah of your own blood yeah so you know humans are not unsafe we are not like dangerous people there are some that are yes Mm -hmm. um but we're actually living in a a season this is a this is a season. Yeah, I am, it totally I am saying is. that this is a season. Yeah. This will not be yeah. forever. But we we are walking around constantly feeling unsafe, and then we are reminded 
mm-hmm. in the grocery store with the sign, with the overhead language, like make sure that you're not standing next to anybody and make sure that you have your mask on. And we're constantly being mm-hmm. bombarded. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not mm-hmm. safe. You're not mm-hmm. safe. But then who is then saying, but we're the safe ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, that's a totally like different Hunger conversation. I, I, okay. We're not going to go down that. We're not going there. <laughs> We're not going there. No, We're just the stay. sound. I know. The sound. Just, it's just, yeah. it's like the Hunger Games. We're just going to stay on track here. Yeah. And we're going to go into, so the vagus nerve for social engagement, also um, it connects and affects the, the, the middle ear. So what mm. this does is that this, so this is where social engagement comes in. So facial expression. So me connecting with your face, seeing that you're safe. Um, and then, and then knowing I can engage with you. And then the, the inner ear, the middle ear is what helps us their drown out background noise so that we can hear um, human voices. Mm. And I, when I, when I was thinking cool. about that, I started thinking about my grandma and how you know she, she starts to lose her hearing and um, she has hearing aids. But then, like tr- the background noise being so loud and not being able to hear human voices, and how isolating that is, mm-hmm. right? It's just like you can't really hear, and how frustrating that is because it actually is taxing the system. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really taxing the system. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it also connects to the larynx and the neck, which then helps us with um, like inflection mm-hmm. and using. Um, using a tone of voice and, and our voices becoming something that sounds soothing and safe. Mm-hmm. And so the vagus nerve connects there. So if I was to sit here and I would talk like this the whole time and I was talking about the vagus nerve and you being safe and there was never an inflection in my voice or a place where I was a little louder or I was a little quieter or, you know, when you break down sound into all the things that I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hear... And in hearing, we're connecting with the vagus nerve as well. Mm -hmm. And so we're dealing with social engagement in that way because the vagus nerve basically tunes our ears. It creates, it helps us with eye contact. So there's certain people in the world that really struggle to have eye contact. And when I started learning about the vagus nerve, I was like, oh, they're not being disrespectful. They might just have a lot of trauma and really struggle with, to to make eye contact. Mm -hmm. So I just find that to be a beautiful thing because we can start seeing people better. Yeah. Right. Like people who like just look away, like, and, and might struggle with that. Like, Oh, am I do, am I unsafe or do they actually just feel unsafe in their bodies? Do they feel unsafe in the world? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we emotionally connect with people and we also process emotion via the vagus nerve. So via the heart, the brain and the gut. Hmm. So when we have a somatic response in our body where, um, like I'm, I get butterflies in my stomach or I'm mind blown or you just scared the beep out of me, Mm -hmm. um, or my heart is broken. What's happening is that we're engaging emotionally along the vagus nerve and the body is responding and feeling Mm. that. Isn't that so incredible? It's like you, it's, 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 it's coming back and being connected enough to our body to trust our bodies. Like, Hey, if you're walking down the street and you see somebody on the street and all of a sudden your belly does a not great thing, mm-hmm. like listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Your gut is talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can trust it. Like other people don't know what's going on in your gut. That's why sometimes like we get to make 
decision. We are autonomous human beings that get to take responsibility for our lives. Mm -hmm. And I can say like, that doesn't feel safe to me, or I don't feel Mm -hmm. afraid. Mm -hmm. Like I, this doesn't make me this, I am not, I'm not afraid of this or Mm -hmm. that person doesn't feel scary to me at all. I mean, there's some people that have like a radar, man, that they're Mm -hmm. like, whoa, that person is just not, Mm -hmm. they are not safe. Yes. And without it being something that I feel like what ends up happening is we've talked about this before and we talk about this in camp and pretty much a lot of the things that we do, almost everything that we do, um, which really like listening to your gut and, but we feel like, so our gut tells us something, right? Our gut, our gut says something and then it sends a signal to the brain, but then the brain sometimes will override the signal. And then we, then we start to disconnect from our body right? We start to disconnect from the gut is telling us something and we're like, no, no, no. And then it tells us something. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. And then we just, our brain, then we'll try to rationalize it because then what ends up happening is we, we then take all of the references from even culture in like, okay, this would be rude. This is rude. This is inappropriate. This is this, this is this. And so if you can't explain it, then you automatically just discredit the the feeling that your gut has. And so sometimes what we'll do is even in with people with trauma, what we'll do is the the stomach will tell you something and then the brain, it goes to the brain, but then the brain makes up a story as to why that person isn't safe. Mm. So it's not actually. And it could be from an old, it can it's be an old trauma exactly. that that person is not that. Like it's just undigested trauma. Exactly. And it is it's, it, it rationalizes it, right? So the brain tries, the brain will try to rationalize your, your gut. Or it will irrationalize it. Yes. Yes. It tries to, it tries to. And most of the time it does it through being extremely irrational. Mm -hmm. And so you look at even women who are, uh, who have been hurt, who've been raped, who have been molested, who have been abused by men. And so men just aren't safe. And so then what ends up happening is every man that they see, they have a response in their gut. They then walk to the other side of the street because there's a rapist over there Mm -hmm. or there is someone, there's an abuser over there or there is right, which you never know, Mm -hmm. but to label someone as such is not appropriate, but yet our body doesn't know like, oh, this is appropriate. This is, this is inappropriate. It just does it to keep yourself safe. And so whatever it needs to do to have that response mm-hmm. to get you to move is what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But we have to understand that that is, that is a trauma response mm-hmm. and it's not, it's an unhealed response. Exactly. When everyone is like that one, mm-hmm. um, right? So trauma, it affects, it affects our brain mm-hmm. and it affects how we, it affects how we do more rational and logical thinking. Like it it affects the prefrontal cortex of our brain and Mm -hmm. how, um, how we function in society and how we um, are coordinated and how we remember things and how we, we basically can get into a conversation or an argument with someone and be logical and, and rational. Mm -hmm. Like when that goes out the window, you know that you are no longer functioning out of your higher brain. You Mm -hmm. are in your lower brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You are somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But when, when trauma affects the prefrontal cortex, because it does, what ends up happening is that love becomes impaired in our lives mm-hmm. and the, their ability to love ourselves, our ability to love people and our ability for people to love us. Mm-hmm. And so trauma, it disconnects us from people. But mm-hmm. as you're seeing, as we're talking about the vagus nerve and how we, we function 
via this nerve emotionally and connecting with other humans. You can see how damaging trauma can be in our ability to connect with humans yeah. and to find our places of belonging and to find to find our people, to find real love, to find people that that truly care about us or we end up in dysfunctional places because we are constantly in dysfunctional places. Mm-hmm. And so we then just continue to dysfunction with people that dysfunction in the same ways that we dysfunction. Yeah. Um, and then we become functional and then we don't connect very well with people that are dysfunctioning because we're not on that same level, right? Mm-hmm. Like even parents who have like the mother created dysfunction in the child and then the child carries on the dysfunction, but then the child starts functioning and then it's really hard to function with the dysfunctional parent mm-hmm. because you're not in on the same wavelengths anymore. Mm-hmm. And so being able to to learn and grow sometimes is very hard. Um, and so uh, when we when when love is impaired in our life and we we are constantly we we have a lot of trauma and we don't do well just being logical and rational and being able to respond in life instead of just like reacting and overreacting, then what happens is, that we start losing who we are. Mm-hmm. We don't know who we are anymore and our ad- identity begins to erode and we're not quite sure like what we love, what we hate, what we're good at, what we're passionate about, what we want to do in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we struggle with doing the things that we know that we really need to do and we keep doing the things that we know we shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so then when when that love is impaired and our identity erodes, and our in our ability to just not be rebellious in mm-hmm. life, and 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 again, I say this all the time. I'm not talking about like rebellion, like sneaking out of the out of the window. I'm like talking about just eating a good meal instead of mm-hmm. a bad meal, mm-hmm. or not eating all the Ben and Jerry's, but just having some Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, what happens when love is impaired and trauma is still constantly surging through the body? Because the body remembers everything that happens to you. Just because Mm -hmm. you've decided that like, well, that happened once and that happened before and it doesn't affect me, it does. And your body remembers all of it. Mm -hmm. Like it's housing all of it. Your lungs are storing the grief and your liver is storing the anger and, you know, all the things, Mm -hmm. right? Your Mm -hmm. diaphragm is hanging on to the fear and then you're struggling with breathing and then all of a sudden you've got some... You know, I mean, I won't go there, but just all the things that there, this is like this domino effect. And so then fear just continues to be inflamed in our lives. And Mm -hmm. then we just continue this cycle of trauma, prefrontal cortex being damaged, love being impaired, fear being inflamed. And then we keep going and going Mm -hmm. until we're like, whoa, stop. I need to digest this trauma. I Mm -hmm. need to deal with this thing. I need to, I need to like release this sound or I need to connect with my body or I need to just begin to realize like, Oh my gosh, I'm in flight every single day of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do anything like, Oh, I'm in now and I'm now in freeze. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, or you're constantly aggressive and constantly angry and raging like there's something going on inside of your sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. but then being able to truly engage with what does positive flight look like what does a functional mm-hmm. fight look like what does a functional freeze look like what does a functional flow look like and that's you know i feel like that's probably a conversation for another day but yeah when we when we get to where that vagus nerve is functioning a little bit better um we, we have the ability to be present. We become curious. We're more open to life. 
Um, we feel safe. Um, we can be more compassionate. We can be more mindful. We feel more grounded and present. And we feel calm in connection. Mm-hmm. And so we literally can really start engaging with with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I once uh, was listening to this. Um, he was a, like an evolutionary biologist guy. He was very, very smart. And he was talking about the vagus nerve. And he said that um, the vagus nerve, it does a lot of things, but one of them is the highway to the divine. Mm. And so that. I'm like, wow, that is, that is crazy. Like it is our, it is our, our, one of our connections to God. It's, it's how we connect like beyond just with ourselves and with other people, but with divinity itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if that's, if that is, if the tone, that nerve is low and there's a lot of dysfunction and, you know, those things can be extremely loud. And so we, we don't necessarily lose that connection, but that connection is drowned out, yeah. you know, by so many other things. And we, we then look at it from a perspective of, I now have these things almost like a, a, you know, even just you talking about trauma and you look at people who have, who have had some really horrible experiences in their yeah. life and there has been a part of their life that has actually uh, been taken, you yeah. know, it's been people who are victims of violence and yeah. victims of innocence. Of, stolen. Yeah. Innocence has been stolen. And, um, yet our bodies are so incredible and yet we can, we can bring it back. We can nurture it, you know, back to a place of functioning, not because we are getting over what happened or yeah. because we are, um, you know, you know, using it for good or, um, sometimes the things that, that are somewhat offensive to people who have been through horrific, uh, events that are still, that their bodies are still harboring. Um, I think that it's, it's really important to note that, you know, even the tools of how to help regulate this nerve and even just what you're talking about, just build relationship with ourselves. Um, have compassion for ourselves, but then also realize that there are things in life that just are unfair and that, uh, would never be, um, aren't just like, Oh, this is just, this is just the the cards that you were dealt. Um, I feel like then sometimes then we compare stories, you know, we compare lives and we say, well, Oh gosh, well, they just got a better hand than I did. They just got a different one. Yeah. And, and some hands are much more difficult to, um, to play with, you know, and, and I, I just, the hundreds and hundreds of women who have come through our doors and through our programs. Um, and gosh, is it in the thousands now? It's it's like, we're in the thousands. We're in in the thousands. And, uh, you just look at the tools, um, that are given, but then it's really like taking the action, Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that we are partnering with and not we're fighting for and not against. Yeah. And, um, and so using and the healthier we become, the more our life can be, uh, you know, we can use our life yeah. in a way that can help other people with their lives. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that's so important for every human to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's where we, we sometimes feel like 
uh, we wish we could have done just a redo because we would change all the bad things or we would change, yeah. you know, certain things that happened to us or the choices that we made. Yeah. Um, but yeah. really it's, it's looking at those and saying, this is, a, this is my life and yeah. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Um, I'm not too broken, you know? Yeah. And knowing that we need that our bodies are sometimes the, the puzzle piece that we need to engage with Mm -hmm. like it's that part is very very important you know that it's not just we're dealing with our trauma in our minds and with our words Mm -hmm. but we're actually taking we're really taking action and using our bodies Mm -hmm. which is um you know what we do in the gym is just using movement to to find more freedom you know Mm -hmm. it's not we don't like program a workout that we're like oh my gosh everybody's gonna deal with their trauma today you know but somebody might be pushing a sled and then all of a sudden be bawling on the ground you know realizing something because it was really just the body that needed to to process it Mm -hmm. because the mind and the mouth had done it for 10 years constantly in therapy all the time and just hadn't found the freedom there you Mm -hmm. know and so we've we've really taken um we've taken a a massive um responsibility, um, for, for realizing that it's really, really important for us to, to learn to be present in life. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, if you are choosing to be somewhere, you are very, very engaged. And when you're choosing to be with people, you're choosing to be there. But if you're constantly living in places where you don't want to be, you're at a job that you never want to be at. You're at a gym that you don't want to be at. You're with people that you don't want to be with. You're just constantly living in a state of of flight. Yeah. And that's very, very stressful. Like so that's so stressful. stressful. There's like so much cortisol. Just I was like, just stressed. I got stressed just listening to you say that. Yeah. So we have to be willing to make the changes. Like we have to be willing to deal with like, this is miserable. I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if we're in a state of feeling constantly depressed, like you might need to have a really good cry, a really good scream and start like, putting your thoughts in order as to where you want to go mm-hmm. and what you want to do and then being willing to to come to terms with that mm-hmm. or then start moving into the anxiety of starting and move through the anxiety and find find what it is to be there mm-hmm. you know if you're you know because freeze is is also a state of just not wanting to be alive anymore mm-hmm. you know but but there's there's something so beautiful there if we can engage with it there and not live there mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And just realize like, oh, I actually might need to just be in this space because I I actually need to grieve. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But realizing that that that's what that is and knowing that like you can't you can't namaste the bear away. Mm -hmm. You you have to you have to engage to flow. You earn flow. Mm -hmm. You earn it or you just settle into the fact that like, okay well, it's time to be present again. You know, but. But you have to earn those places. And there's not there's a time and a place where you you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's about to steal your kid, you're not gonna namaste the robber away. You have to learn mm-hmm. how to fight. Mm-hmm. And so we we're teaching our women to to learn how to fight and to be present and to be connected and to realize when it's time to stop because you didn't lose or quit. You just found your capacity, mm-hmm. right? And just learning, learning those things that are so beautiful and so incredible. And then being able to put them, you know, into, into practice in, in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I, even the acknowledging, I feel like what's really important is, 
acknowledging both sides and knowing that they both acknowledging that they are also important both and finding yes finding the value in in both sides and so when you value both sides because there will never if we are growing there there we won't come to this point or this place of um of things like never being difficult again <laughs> you know or but sometimes we feel like that that is a destination that we're all just looking for you know we're just looking for it we're looking for it we're looking for it and so we endure these these seasons and not for the not for the sense of like okay this is because there's nothing there's certain things that we do need to endure which then there's things that we just that we can't do anything about and sometimes that is like sickness that's those are those are you know the death of a loved one and those aren't those are things that okay we need to grieve during this season like you said we need to sit back and look at things and just be present yeah. and feel and learn how to feel um it's if we don't acknowledge both sides of the system, if we don't acknowledge, like you said, both sides of the arch, we find ourselves in this place of, okay, this namaste state where then we're hiding from all of the things that are conflict. We're hiding from the bears. Yeah. You know, we're hiding from all. We're just like, we're choosing not to go out into the wilderness because there might be a bear out there. Yeah. You know, and so we know that there's conflict out there that we would choose not to engage with. But then what ends up happening is we just get to this place where we're just not really doing anything. We feel like we are, but really we aren't. Right? We aren't really doing, we aren't doing a whole lot because life is both sides of it, right? It's both sides. And so I feel like the, uh, you know, just in conclusion, um, you know, the vagus nerve is absolutely incredible and it's worth acknowledging. It's worth respecting. Um, it is, uh, and you just never know how it's going to change your person, yeah. Uh, when you do do that, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yes. And, and knowing too, I, I just want to go back to something that you had just said about, you were talking about enduring and, you know, enduring is, is a state of flight. It is, mm -hmm. or it is a state of freeze. We're just waiting for everything to pass. But when we're choosing endurance, when we're choosing to be steadfast, when we're choosing to be engaged, that's truly what learning to be resilient is. Um, there's a book called Resilience by a man named Eric Greetens, and he's a he was like a Navy SEAL or something. Mm -hmm. and he basically is writing letters back and forth to his buddy who's really struggling. And he says that endurance is, I mean, uh, resilience is endurance with direction. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, that's where when we're just enduring something and just hoping that it's going to be over, there is no direction other than I just hope this is done. Mm -hmm. Like coming into the gym and just hoping that the workout's going to be over mm -hmm. or when can I get out of here? Like, oh my gosh, stop doing that to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like literally your body's just storing fat while you're doing that. You're not really you're not really doing the best thing for your health. I'm not necessarily saying you're just storing fat, but you're not doing anything for your mm -hmm. health <laughs> right? Yeah. because you're just in a constant state of stress. And so I just, uh, the body is just so incredible. It it's is. just so incredible. It's so wonderful. Um, we are, uh, we are in a, in a place right now where we have a lot of things happening. Um, we, we are, we have a one day event called shift where, uh, we just really help you find your voice. Um, there's a lot of, 
release and breath and connecting with your body and with your emotions and with your heart. Um, we don't have anything on the schedule right now, um, but uh, you can also schedule a private shift mm-hmm. with a group of people, 15 to 20 people. You could do that with us. Um, we do have a Camp 17, our Tribe 21 is upon us. Registration mm-hmm. is open. Spots are filling. Um, and uh, so you can, if you're local, uh, we have a uh, a tribe coming up April 4th through the 30th. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Saturday, April 17th will be our one day uh, event during, during that camp, which will be shift. So mm-hmm. if you do camp 17, you will get to experience shift. Mm-hmm. And um, so that is happening. So you can register at uh, dropgym.com. Mm-hmm. And you can join us there. And then we have uh, June 12th through the 18th mm-hmm. will be our next 24-7, which yes. is our one-week intensive. So it's basically Camp 17 in one week. For those of you that don't live here, it is a magical, incredible, mm-hmm. brilliant, life-altering experience that we love so yes. much. It's and like if you do, 40 if, hours If you us. do live here, uh, we have had some ladies take a week off work yeah. and... Uh, and do it. It is a, it's something that is, if, if some of you say, well, I just, I just, I can't, I can't leave. I can't do, I, 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 I can't leave my life. I can't leave my kids. I can't leave da, 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 da. That is actually the point. The point is so that you do leave uh, your children, you do leave your work, you do leave the, uh, your spouse, yes. you leave your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so, and then that way you don't, uh, come to class and then, uh, go back home and try to like multitask and process all the things. Um, it is a, like Lou said, a glorious week, um, that is filled with an absolutely incredible experience experiences mm-hmm. um and yes it's uh it is by far i mean we we absolutely love what we do yeah. everything that we do is so similar and yet so different all in the same but there's so much room and space to communicate yeah. uh in that week and yeah. so yeah. or you can come work out with us um there's actually with 24 7 i just want to tell you there's only 12 spots available and five of them are already filled so if you want in Get your booty over to dropgym.com. Or you can just come work out with us on the daily at Drop Gym. That's right. You can find out more information at Mm -hmm. dropgym.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at drop.gym. You can find us on Facebook at Drop Gym. You can find Chantel at chantel.dayton on Instagram. And you can find me, Lou Crenshaw, on Instagram at Lou Crenshaw. Yes. So, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Dear Life, I'm In. We're out. Bye-bye.